I don't think we're going to see an overnight change of that, but we're going to see the rise of the casual gambler that is informed only by AI, right? So, and I think one of the litmus tests, and and, and we're recorded, so it's down in prosperity forever now, right? Is that I think the Super Bowl this year, we're going to see a rise in the casual better who's using AI, specifically ChatGPT, either OpenAI, uh, ChatGPT, or Bard from Google, or Gemini, or, or, or the the Llama um, from Meta, open source version, into informing who and how they bet. Right, so I think that's going to be a great stat for us to look at. That was John Flynn, the director of Microsoft Sport. Yes, that Microsoft. Flynn tells Gaming Today that artificial intelligence will expand its influence on sharpened casual bettors and sports books in the immediate future in this episode of the Playbook Podcast. Microsoft and, and sports betting was was not a connection that I would have necessarily made. I, I And I read your piece on LinkedIn and it, and it made sense thereafter. But if you could just sort of explain uh, why this is something that matters to Microsoft and how Microsoft thinks it could excel at this. When you think about it at the end of the day, Sports, sports betting, anything to do with sports from a a fan engagement, player analytics, et cetera, that's all centered around data, right? And the movement of data to an application or a decision engine as quick as possible. In betting, it is an extreme low latency uh, game, very, very analogous to high frequency trading back in the day when the race to zero was on. Um, now we look at, because of these micro bets, you could have intragate, intracorded, intrahop, whichever sport you're watching, you need that information to be able to populate an odds on a platform, whether it's 365 or BetKings or Betfair, whoever you want. Um, so Microsoft and its cloud infrastructure is well positioned to provide that infrastructure to get the functionality that these betting organizations need in order to retain the fans betting on their platform, because obviously they're associated with fees and et cetera, uh, the more transactions that they drive across their uh, platform. But it also has to be done in a safe and compliant fashion, because at the end of the day, even though it's, it's classified as a bet, it's still a fi financial transaction. There's still payments involved, right? There's still regulatory requirements or compliance requirements that have to be followed. And we have those baked into a lot of our products as well. So it shortcuts that time for our to like to do something to actually be doing so microsoft is well poised on all those points mm -hmm. and this is it, this is the azure data cloud that would be doing this is that what you're referring to yeah so that azure, the, when i say infrastructure i i mean our landing zone which is the azure cloud right most people are familiar with an aws cloud or google cloud or microsoft cloud it's called azure um and we have first and third party services which sit on top of it. you can look at those services as things that you may just run from a third party on a cloud landing zone. You don't have data centers anymore. You don't have your own iron and your backroom running your applications. You're running it on, on hosted and rented platforms, which belong to us and one of our hundreds of data centers around the world. Um, we also then have first party services that may, that aid in the movement of data, the enrichment of data, validation of data, et cetera. Um, in line with whichever country you're in, whichever state you're in, because you know it's not a blanket. In the case of betting, it's not a blanket. One rule fits everybody, right? It's extremely complicated in the United States. Oddly enough, it's slightly less complicated in the, in the European nations, uh, but they have a lot more restrictions on data movement than we have. We have the Virginia laws and we have the California laws, and then more states are popping up in terms of 
what you can do from a privacy and data movement perspective, but we're still pretty much free with how we move data within the U.S. Okay. Now, do you, I might be oversimplifying, do you have sports book or gambling company customers in the U.S. now that are using this to help build outs? Who would, who could we say that is using this? Uh, I wouldn't, I would just caution you to say that they are the usual suspects, right? Okay. So, um, with betting companies, as I'm sure you're extremely familiar, right? The the way they do business is highly competitive with each other, right? Because they're going after the exact same market, and there's very few players. It's not a saturated market in terms of of who they are, right? I know that ESPN's um, burgeoning one is probably the newest and, and most hopeful of the lot there. But I think I don't want to unconsciously or consciously break anyone's confidence and naming names at this point. Now, is it just the, in, in other stories I've done with AI and sports betting, it's sort of like this spy versus spy where like the, like the coders who are smart enough to utilize this are beginning to use it, but the sports books are also using it too. Is it from your side that you see it's, it's mainly the sports books that are, that are use, utilizing this to create markets, not sports bettors who want to be sharps and find inefficiencies and exploit the books? Yeah, well, it's both right. But the the real, so the, the format is where you see the, I would say the, the bulk of how we got started and how the companies got started. They needed somewhere to land the sports book. They needed somewhere to run that sports book on a persistent fashion because it's a 24-7 thing. It's no longer just a stop market, right? It doesn't have opening and closing bells. It's a 24-7 thing that is you can either then bet on the game based on historical data from somewhere else or do we supply that historical data for education purposes as well. But that itself brings itself to the lack of point that you make. Right? So these sharks are coming in and they're trying to snipe off bits and pieces of information that they can. The more information, the more informed they're going to be. <clears throat> but how do they distill that information down in the shortest possible time? So they themselves will be using cloud providers that are closest to source to get that data quicker so they can get a decision. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing an over-under, it, it's a 50-50. Right, it's a fifty-fifty coin toss. I mean, and you can do so. The, the Chris Stapleton at the Super Bowl is he going to go over three minutes or under three minutes for the for the national anthem? That's a that's a coin toss. Who cares about that? Like, well, it's not a race to zero. But if you're thinking within this, are we going to get to fourth down within X amount of minutes? What is the historical? Who has the ball? Who's opposing? What is the statistical analysis based upon the weather, based upon the turf? Is it real? Is it not? Where is the climate that we're playing in? All those factors come in that you can place that in a micro bet based upon. I, I predict that we're going to get to fourth down. Um, they're not going to make that choice down. We're going to get to fourth and X, right? Um, within this moment of time. That's a bet that you need a little bit more intelligence behind to have the confidence to lay down some hard cash. Okay. So it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like because this is cloud-based, you don't need a room full of computers, a tremendous amount of computer power, or uh, you know, a table full of coders. If if you're the better, to be able to use this, is that right? That's correct. Okay, that's so, correct. So you still have that, but you're using somebody else's maybe hours or Amazon's or Google's. Mm -hmm. And they would get the they would still have to like find that information um, that they can plug it. Like, uh, I, pardon me, I'm not super, I try, but I'm not super versed in the code. APIs, 
like where they could find these streams of information. Yeah. But it's up to them to code this and exploit it themselves if they're the better, right? Sure. There's, so there's functionality within the applications from these sports books today because they want to have informed decisions made uh, possible through their platforms because you keep the person on their platform, right? So if you look at Betkin, for example, um, as being a provider of information that I can use to make an informed bet, whether that's a micro bet or whether that's an overarching, this team will win over this team, I can stay on platform for that. And then the company gets to know about me and my habits, right? They get to they get to glean my first party data, which is the most valuable part of that data that you can have, or customer data in this case, um, that you can have. Right? Everyone's purchasing third body data and my habits and my profiles and my dice out for a credit card and all this kind of stuff. All that's open market. Um, there's also other ways in which to get data. And yes, there are some data firms that sell data as a product and it would be an API stream. There's also ways for those that are a little bit more savvy can scrape websites, right? And you can set this up on your own and you can, there's plenty of no code options or low code options out there that you can pay a nominal fee, a monthly fee. And you can create these workflows in drag and drop style that'll go to ESPN and scrape the stats for the, the week of the NFL, or it'll scrape the stats for the intraday highlights of the game as they're producing live because they produce a live stream of it. That way you can then inform your, and you can build your own algorithms. You can build your own machine learning algorithms. Again, there's logo, no code options for that as well, or if you're well-versed in Python and you're using Jupyter Notebooks and those things, you, you can go the regular route as well. The 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 world of betting is in is is such a dichotomy that everyone gets to play. You've got the uber technical geeks who can create purpose-built applications to help them or even monetize their ability to make money either through betting or creating a fantasy team which then you can bet upon, right? Another angle of the betting is through the fantasy sports. To people who are just want to go in there and they're more than just your average, like, hey, do you want to put 20 bucks on the Raiders? Right? We're not catering to those. We're catering to those going and say, all right, the Raiders are gone. So who's the lineup? How did they fare against this team on this day or rather in this weather pattern in this stadium? All right, so I think they've probably got a good shot at doing this, and you'll find people that don't have a dog in the fight, meaning it isn't their team, will do that. But they don't have to have any coding knowledge. They just have to have the patience to read. They just have the patience to build their own hypothesis based upon the data that's given to them. They may be reading Google Alerts. They may be reading ESPN. They may be reading the, the, the sportsbook data itself, and they may just be reading analysis that may be watching on listening to a radio show or they may be watching a or listening to a podcast and going wow that makes a lot of sense to me and they'll put this together and then just make a bet mm-hmm. right and again the, the way the sports books are trying to accommodate safe and healthy betting is that they address all of that spectrum you've got people who gamble much like Vegas right gamble for a living that's their role that's their job and they either will have the ability to be the former like I said or they will hire someone who can build these algorithmic trading tools for them or betting tools for them. And then you've got someone who wants to come in and say, you know what? I love I love dip money on the horses. That's just just what I've always done. I got a hundred bucks of disposable income every race. That's what I'm going to do. I love it. News it. Great. If I win, we're all going out for dinner tonight. Can't lose it. Well, we've got the Belmont Stakes coming out. We're good. 
<laughs> you, you led into and, and mostly probably fully answered my my next question because it's interesting. You used to think of sharps. It was, it was people who paid a lot of attention, probably read a lot of stats, absorbed all they could. And then it, it, it very in part along the timeline, it became, okay, there's an Excel spreadsheet and then there's an algorithm. And I was wondering, is the modern sharp going to have to be a guy who, who can build algorithms and do code? It sounds like there could be a, another industry that rises up to to supply them that information, or they could try. I mean, it, it, it seems like it's almost creating different little industries sprocketing off of it because of this use of artificial intelligence and and how good the data is getting. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting it. Right? Is is the rise of AI, um, or I would say the popularization. I mean, AI has been around for decades, but I think the the advent of the large language model paradigm where we are now able to get responses back from a machine that mimics a human that we automatically have confidence in and we didn't have to do anything what we had to do was ask a question right that has taken it out of the computer room and put it into the kitchen so to speak, right so i could be sitting here i could make breakfast for my kids i can send them off to camp to school out to the pool to play whatever it is like go oh the horses are going i'm just gonna ask a question here who do you think is going to win the Belmont Stakes? You can ask it something as simple as that from a chat GPT perspective. And um, it'll give you an answer. Whether you choose to believe that or not, that's up to you, right? Um, we all know that the disclaimer here is that large language models do get things wrong. And then you always need to fact check them, etc. But the more you plug away, so it'll say it's going to give you this based upon preconness, based upon whatever, this is what we think is going to win. And then if you start refining saying, so, well, what happens if it rains? What happens if this horse scratches or the, the jockey is different from last year? And you can provide a data source to say, look at this website and provide it. It'll start to give you very, very honed in responses to that. And you haven't written a line of code ever. No longer do you need to write a, load, a line of code either. So I don't think we're going to see a wholesale change overnight from the the coder who purposely builds something for someone who's a professional gambler <laughs> or the professional gambler who has those um, abilities themselves to now the the weekend warrior is just using a chat gpt or bet gpt whatever that it's going to be called and whoever releases it um i don't think we're going to see an overnight change to that but we're going to see the rise of the casual gambler that is informed only by ai Right, so and I think one of the litmus tests, and and, and we're recorded, so it's down in prosperity forever now. Right, is that I think the Super Bowl this year, we're going to see a rise in the casual better who's using AI, specifically ChatGPT, either OpenAI, uh, ChatGPT, or Bard from Google, or Gemini, or or the the Llama um, from Meta, open source version, into informing who and how they bet. Right. So I think that's going to be a great stat for us to look at. Yeah. It, it's interesting because I, I've played around with chat GBT too. And, you know, it's like, well, I, it, it'll, this has been a while. I kind of put it down, but you know, it, I, you know, everything is dependent on weather and the team's injuries and stuff. But there, there was a, there's a YouTube influencer and AI enthusiast. His name is Shiraz, uh, Siraj Raval. And he, he's built a couple of them. And he called one of them Bed GBT or wager GBT, where he was having a little bit of success using crypto. I guess if the currency doesn't matter, but betting on the NBA. So, so he's been working on this too. It, it, it's interesting. So, it sounds like you think that these language models 
you have to be persistent with them. It's like <laughs> you don't want anyone to know how to build an, an atomic bomb. And even if you ask it to, it won't tell you immediately. I've heard stories where if you question around enough, it'll sort of lead you breadcrumbs to where you can find out how to do this if you really have a desire to do such. Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, um, and I don't, I would, Lord forbid, anyone builds an atomic bomb, right? And yeah, that's not. Keep them where they are, the ones that we have are enough. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think one of the things that is is true about that statement, Brad, is that if, if, if it gives you a response that you're not satisfied with, ask it again. But it's yeah. going to give you some sort of an answer, right? It's not programmed to give you no answer in its current sort of written AI form, like we're sticking with ChatGPT. But there's also a way that you can, through using the Azure platform, you can create your own Azure OpenAI instance where you can upload data you have. And it could be Excel spreadsheets, it could be text blocks, it could be um, a model that you have. And then you can query that data itself. And that may be game data, right? That may be historical game data against these two teams. Um, and then how are we going to bet based upon what I know yet? That's going to give you more targeted information about this because remember the large language model if you just log in to open ai it's giving you data on everything because it's everything has been trained to the billions of parameters that has been trained upon right that's probably a little too broad if you narrow that down and you can instruct it to concentrate on your sports and concentrate sports for the last x amount of years or the last x amount of seasons at this positional player and statistical analysis of that defender against this opposite and you can do all of that but if you put it down into your own instance, what you can then do is you can then build upon the answers to your point, the breadcrumbs that come out, ask it to add on to what it already knew that you're satisfied with, and then add on. So it will then eventually build a whole picture. I always caution everyone, if you ask any large language model, depending on whose it is, a question, you take that output and you run with it, you're probably doing this out of the disservice because it may it may be right, but is it right enough? No. Right? Because I equate it to, if you remember being in school, if you were in school and you had a favorite professor, professor and every question you asked them, they were like, you're like, wow, this person's just got their stuff and, and that's phenomenal. Why would you satisfy yourself Having sat in front of that professor and asked them one question and then go right on the exam, mm -hmm. you wouldn't do. You persistently ask them questions until you feel satiated with the knowledge you need in order to be successful. That's what I akin a large language model interaction to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, once these systems continue to improve, and you mentioned uh, in-game betting earlier, which is increasingly a, a, a you know a taste in the U.S specifically, will the information come so fast that, that people can't e exploit it, especially in fast games? I mean, football can be fast or slow, but I mean, like, obviously computers are faster than people. I mean, maybe, maybe they, they end up find, getting something really useful that they can use every other play because they just can't make their thumbs or their computer keyboard work that fast. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, if you look at, again, I'm going to lead back to high frequency trading. A lot of those trades weren't made by humans, right? A lot of those trades were made by algorithmic execution engines that have a threshold built into them. Like if these parameters are hit, make that trade. If these parameters are hit, sell, buy, whatever the case may be, right? Whole. Um, so if you look at the game of ping pong, competitive table tennis, it is one of the fastest games on it. 
right? The, 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 the way they're hitting the ball, you can't even see the ball. You just hear it and it's gone. And you can bet how many hits each player will have per punt, right? <laughs> you can bet on anything that you want, but there's no way you can see that and count in real time what's going on. So you can then create an application to bet for you on your behalf with those parameters that you want. Because number one, it may be too fast. Number one, you may not be there. Yeah. You may be living. <laughs> I don't want to sit in front of a screen and do betting all day. I may be out with my kids hiking or maybe on an airplane, maybe on a cruise. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Go bet for me. I've got a sense of confidence in the either the application I bought and subscribed or the application I've built to go and bet on my behalf. And I'll put in thresholds and I put in guards that I don't lose the house and abuse that while I'm away and abuse the kids, right? Um, and then another paradigm we're going to see, I predict, is that we're going to be asked if we want to make this bet. Right, so we're going to have the app, and I'm going to get somebody from FanDuel. We're going to go. It's a. It's coming down. It's it's fourth quarter. It's a potential buzzer beater here. Do you want to put twenty on the line? Yes, no, yes, game. All the back end stuff is taken care of because that bet needs to be registered now. Done. That's what's going to be you again. It's an opt in, right? But that's going to come to you. So I don't necessarily have to think about betting. I'm like, oh, buzzer beaters, Golden State. Steps in, always makes a three-pointer. Why not? Let's do it. I'm going to put Joanne on the line for that. Yeah, very much like like financial trading. Is how that sounds. I mean, it sounds very much again like financial trading. Yeah, the same premise. Very much the same premise. From uh, the some of the sports book directors that I've spoken to in the past about AI, uh, you know, with all the information that they take into account and all the computing power, they say for now and maybe forever. Each some of them have different answers that there's gonna have to be a human being standing there, sort of in the tennis official's chair, accounting for things. You know, whether whether the golfer that missed the putt on 17 just had a temper tantrum and may not be mentally their best for 18, that there needs to be a human to measure the human element. What do you think? Absolutely, Coop, 100 percent Right? So if you're betting on John Daly, is he ever hangover or not? Is he had three miller lights by, by the time we go to the fifth hole or not? If he hasn't, then he's probably going to have a shitty run, right? So <laughs> these are things that you don't take into account if you don't have that context of where human um, element to it. Um, there's also a case of if someone is injured, what happens? And they're taken out of the game. You have to reset all of your programmatic par uh, parameters now to have a different outcome because your quarterback's out or your striker's out or your defender's out um, or you are playing tennis and, and and all of a sudden you're laboring your left knee. Right? Am I pulling real-time sources into my algorithm? If I'm not, then that's not being taken into account for all of a sudden I've drifted away from reality. My algorithm's wrong. Right? You need a human in control. Right? Um, it's, uh, it, look, it's artificial intelligence. It isn't real intelligence. It's as intelligent as we tell it to be and also as we believe it to be, right? So if you're hoodwinked by something that you believe to be real, the same paradigm applies for artificial intelligence. So I, I absolutely agree with the with the, the the directors of the sport books that are telling you there has to be a human element because at the end of the day, sport is played by humans. When sport is no longer played by humans, you don't need a human element because the sports book will be in sync with the computational devices that are kicking the ball or throwing the ball. They'll all be sharing the brain and the, and the snaps will be firing real-time data to each other. Everyone will be fully aware. Yeah. But until that time happens, you need a human because sport is human. Yeah. And sort of along the same line, 
Um, I've done stories on data companies that provide the, the data points that makes all this artificial intelligence betting possible. And I'll ask questions like, you know, uh, they, they have, they quantify uh, one to 10. So I'm simplifying it, you know, how good the forward is or, or um, you know, his, his strength against uh, players of certain height or whatever, I'm using terrible examples, but they are still, it's still a human being inputting a value for a person. And I'm like, well, how do you know it's, it's one and not 1.75. I mean, that, that seems like a big difference. There, there's a human element there too, where, you know, the data in that a, a person determines is crucial. That's right. I, I always akin that to the scouts, right? Mm -hmm. so baseball was, was the, the data richest sport that we had before we started keeping stats on everything. Right. Um, and scouts will go out there and they go, this guy is a stud. Now, what does a stud mean, right? To, to you and I, it means nothing. It means nothing to a, to a computer. It means absolutely the um, definition of what a stud is. It's an animal that's sired as other animals. Um, so that's to, why would that be in the baseball report? They'd ignore it, right? So um, again, speaks a little bit of there. But um, I, I think it goes down, Brent, to context, right? So if someone is a stud, can I enumerate that? out of 10 is does that mean they're a 10 out of 10 physically impossible there's always something going to be better right are they a nine out of 10 pushing the bonds of superhuman six seven so but who's creating that scale right right so the person who's responsible for ranking that player has to rank them within the order of what they need that player to do for them right so you you're the designated hitter right it's, it's one of the most confusing roles um until the rule changes um in baseball ever because you're just hiring someone to swing a bat but they're a full team member but they can't throw or catch or run shouldn't be a baseball player yet they are right and they're ranked a stud right or they become a stud because they, their knees give out or whatever the case may be right um for swinging the bat so it's it all has to do with context so i think when you look at that scale that's where that human element comes in because they're a, a seven out of ten for me because I'm the Yankees and that means the designated hitter. But there were three out of ten for me on the Mariners because I've, I've got a lot of heat in the lineup and this person can't run. I've got a fast ballpark and they need to get between these bases quick. Same player, three out of ten, six out of ten. Right? It has to do with the context. There isn't a black. So we've got the best player in the world, right? Uh, in tennis, for example. Federer, when he was the best tennis player in the world, would just lose inexplicably. How did he lose? Don't know. He's the number one in the world. He's the best. Well, the best shouldn't ever lose if you're the best. Everyone has off days. Everyone is beaten because that player had a four centimeter more uh, longer reach than they did to go to your your earlier point. And every single backhand volley that Federer plays is always in the same position. And most players can't get to it. But this person has four centimeters extra reach, got to it every single time. Through his game, mentally psyched him out. He lost the game inside his head before it was 40 luck. Right. That's what we need to take into account. It's all about context, right? Because at the end of the day, machines aren't fallible until we make them fallible, but all humans are fallible. I can start up having a phenomenal day and end the day having the worst day on earth. What happened? Probably couldn't tell you after the time, right? But I got to bed saying, well, this day sucked. I didn't get upset as day is going to suck. Yeah, that's a good, great point. 
so much um, along those lines, so much biometric data is is gathered through wearables and, and you know like other means. Is it inevitable that that data will be used to influence the information that leads to smart bets or smart betting markets or outright? Do you see this future where you're, you're wagering on the heartbeat of the center when he takes a shot on the power play in game seven of the Stanley Cup? Yeah, that's a, it's a slippery slope, that one, right? So player data um, that comes from, from, from wearables or Hawkeye or whoever you have in there taking this biometric data, right? Um, I think it's a, a very dangerous thing, again, because, and the players' associations are angry, are cautious about this for, the, for, for all the right reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a step before using that data as betting data or using that data um, in a way to monetize an activity that the player is doing right now. Um, and that's in, how do we use that data for health and safety measures first, right? So if we see uh, a launch that is demonstrably slower from a, a computational number versus I'm watching the person go, what's happening, right? Can I, can I, can I stop the Aaron Rodgers tear on the first bloody game or not? Right, and having the biometric data should get us to a place where we can, because we should be able to predict that. Now, if we make that data available for betting, or for commercial purposes, I should say, that also means we've taken the athlete out of the athlete. We've we've now taken the athlete and boiled them down. We distilled them down to a bunch of numbers, and the bunch of numbers that we like over here or don't like over there. And that could be used in trade decisions. That could be used in salary negotiations. That could be used in whether I want this player on the team or not. Um, and it, it's a very slippery slope because, again, Federer is the best tennis player in the world, but he lost yeah. multiple times. Did the data say he wasn't the best player in the world on that day? Is there something that we could the data could tell us that he's got a forearm sprain? Right, um, so I'm very cautious of that, and I I'm a firm believer that we should be using athlete data to make bets because you're losing sight of the game. You're betting on the game, and yes, to a certain extent, you're betting on the athlete's capabilities. If you've got um, a a stud in there, right, you have a higher sense of confidence that the bet's going to go your way. But if we break it down to just an algorithmic res- representation of how a person throws, how a person swims, how a person kicks, how a person hits a puck. You lose the the humanism of a game. Now you may as well just have robots out there doing it, right? Because we're just playing numbers at this point. Yeah. Go to high frequency trading because you can do that all day long and it will satiate that need that you have. Always bet on the human and always keep the human element in the game. So I'm a firm believer that we should be using this data for player health and, sa- player health and safety. We should not be using this data for bad. Yeah, there's massive privacy and uh, issues there. You would assume that the oh, player yeah. uh, unions would definitely never go for that. Um, well, last question for you. Really appreciate your time. Uh, just ask you a, a fairly broad one. Like, what do you what do you think the next advance uh, in sports betting is going to be uh, using artificial intelligence, or will it just continue to be honed? Uh, I think because TV, um, I, I think we're we're on to the the next thing now, right? Which is the large language models, these weekend warriors, uh, the the kitchen quarterbacks, if you would. 
I think we're going to be seeing more and more people dive deeper into the games that they love through artificial intelligence, being able to have that coach's question or that general manager question, because they can simply type it out and ask it, whether it's an app on their phone, whether it's something on a, on a, on a uh, laptop that they use, but they can ask things and get an answer back right away. They don't have to ask their friend who knows everything and be made to feel a little bit silly, like, oh, well, clearly you don't know this, right? Or no one has to be a, a Monday uh, night quarterback or referee. Um, they can go and, and you can you can expose what you want to yourself um, through asking these general manager questions. Why did you substitute? What was the reason for the loss? Right, And then you can become confident in like, you know, I maybe will put a 20 on this game. If you're that way inclined to do responsible betting and responsible gambling. Um, or you can simply just say, you know what, this, I'm going to use this for my fantasy sports, which is a huge uptick uh, in fantasy sports. He's using the large language ones to go in and do analysis on their players. I haven't have to open up Excel, right? I don't want to open Excel because I, I'm not in the computer field, for example, right? Um, or I'm not an engineer, for example. I may be a tradesman. Why, if I'm a tradesman, why do I then have to learn computational analysis in order to be able to put some sense behind um, something I want to do in a sports with? It's no longer necessary. Two years ago, because that's the way you need to do it. Now, we've taken the bridge from data analysis to the professionals and taken the, and extended that bridge from data analysis to everyone. We've democratized it. Because if you can ask a question... You already know the largest programming language in the world. That's English or Spanish or whatever language that you've got your your um, large language model input interface to be. You don't have to know Python, C Sharp, Fortran if you still know what that is um, in the world. So I think that, that it's really democratized deep understanding of something you know. That's interesting. Yeah, because... Uh... It seemed to me like you had to be a coder to do this, but I, I see your point with with the language models. Obviously, just talking and, and responding, and if you are persistent enough to continue asking good questions, you could get good responses out that you can use. Good, or could go the other way, right? Yeah, the, the old adage of garbage in, garbage out rings so true, right? If you're asking bad questions and you're believing bad data, it's going to be a bad outcome. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the computation code is that that's not going to go away. I certainly don't think that's going to go away. It's going to change. It's going to change in how the 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 role is done. It's going to change in in, in how input uh, from a coding perspective is done. We already look at like GitHub Copilot, for example. Right. Um, your your code in Copilot, you you are in command, but it's giving you suggestions. It's helping you write blocks of code, which are usually Monday. It's helping you put comments on code, which is usually most programmers. If you're a great programmer, you take the time to do it. If you were Crap, you programmer like me, you don't, uh, right? So everyone else looks at you going and they go, no idea what's happening. And that's how good software goes to die. And because no one knows what's going on when you leave the building. Um, AI is helping with that. So I think we're seeing the the rising tide ride all, rise all ships from a, yes, we can still code, but now we don't have to if we don't want to. That was John Flynn, and I'm Brant James. Please check in the description for links to more Gaming Today content. Thanks for listening to the Playbook Podcast. Oh, giggles.